0: You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Maddie Rose
1: on Sportsnet
2: 960, The Fan.
1: Hour number three, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to revisit our sensible Flames takes from the beginning of the season and see how they've aged, probably poorly. We'll do yeah, that. I'm going to say probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll do that at 8.30, and we'll give you our lock of the day. But right now, Charles Davis, NFL analyst, CBS Sports, Mm -hmm. NFL Network, courtesy of Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Charles, good morning. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. You guys are going to revisit, huh?
1: Yeah. Well, again, there has to be some accountability, Charles.
2: I like it. I like that you're stand-up men. I really like that a (laughs) lot. but. I I, me- I remember growing up when the only time that happened, like the revisiting, was only when you hit. You know what I mean? Like, right. do you remember the do you remember the show laughing? You guys, I yes. don't know if you're old enough for that, but just laughing. okay you know they'd always do the little segment and they'd say it's 19 whatever such and such is happening, and they actually nailed Ronald Reagan in the White House in 1980. They hit that one, Um, which one of the Back to the Future movies hit the Cubs winning the World Series in the year they won it, that sort of thing. And it used to be that's when you would hear about it. But now with everything we have, right, as you said, there's accountability. So, boy, the things that I've said and done, oh, man, that's Mm -hmm. not going to age well at all.
1: Um, you, you you said laughing automatically. I think of the first million dollar question on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire when they got it when Richard Nixon was the first president on laughing. Yeah, yeah. That's how my
2: stupid
3: brain works. That's show. good
2: stuff. Yeah, that's just that's good stuff. Immediately right there. popped into my head when you said that. That's good stuff. I mean, because we always talked about, you know, the dignity of the office of the president,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and the idea that the president was on laughing—like, what are we doing here? What's going on? And of course, that led to the tradition we have now. If you're a presidential candidate, you, you would you go on all the late-night talk shows. Yeah, you do the. Circuit. You go I even. Mean, you would do John. You would do Johnny Carson and Jay Leno, and right on down the line. Who could forget Bill? Bill Clinton playing the saxophone on our city hall. Right weird that 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 that's yeah that's when he became the first black president of the united states (laughs)
1: um
2: charles what's
1: the prediction you had at the beginning of the season that was way off that you can share with us
2: at the beginning of the season that was way off yeah that the minnesota that the minnesota vikings would take a step back and a big step back um That they, you know, you remember them winning the division. And, you know, remember when they lost to the Giants in Buffalo? I it was a big upset. Mm-hmm. And I said they would take a step back. And I said, it won't be a big one. It won't be a little one. It'll be a big one. And it was not. Kevin O'Connell and his staff and that team, I thought it did an exceptional job this year staying relevant, even after Kirk Cousins got hurt juggling quarterbacks, Josh Dobbs come rolling in with like one day with the playbook, which has kind of become a little bit of a mini tradition, right? Baker Mayfield on a Thursday night going to the Rams, winning a game, Josh Dobbs showing up in town, Josh, you got to play. Okay, cool. (laughs) Wins the ball game. You know, we've done that the last couple of years, but that was a big one for me. I just really expected them to to, to make the jump back because they had that big turnover disparity. And I was like, they're just not that good. Well, they 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 fooled me. They were a lot better than I gave them credit for. Which
4: prediction were you bang on the on though?
2: Um, I knew I knew the Forty Nine ers were going to be really good. Mm. Duh, that wasn't hard. That was a pretty easy one. Um, I don't know that this is a prediction as much as. I've been saying for the last few years the Houston Texans have been building better than they've been getting credit for.
3: Hmm.
2: I know it looked bad with the with the with the head coaches being fired every year. You know that's never the way to kind of you know build confidence and inspire. But I always said look behind that Nick Casario coming from New England. They had all that dysfunction with with Jack Easterby. When you remember all that there, I said. But if you look at what Nick Casario done draft wise and accumulating free agents? I said, that roster is better than people think. Now, will they be able to galvanize it? Okay, now, let's just put it all on the table. Did I ever once say, yeah, Houston in the playoffs and C.J. Stroud's going to light up the league? The answer's no. All right, let's, let's not get carried away here and let's not go revisionist history. But I thought they were building a roster that in, in, in future years would be better and compete. They just got there earlier than I expected. And a lot of that was D'Amico Ryans. You know, the hiring of D'Amico Ryans and putting together that staff, they, they finally hit because they were doing that one and done with each coach.
1: Charles, what's your favorite coaching hire so far?
2: My favorite one so far out of this grouping? Hmm. Harbaugh was a fait accompli. I can't make that a favorite. That It would have been an upset if he didn't end up at the Chargers. Right. That was central casting, and the Chargers had to have him. All right, that was just a, a flat-out boom. Um, boy, I'm struggling on this one. Probably Raheem Morris getting his second opportunity. When, yeah. when I get down to it and in Atlanta, it makes that, that really makes perfect sense. The hard part is it all started with Bill Belichick in Atlanta and it looked like, okay, you know, cause we just assumed he would take a job. He would get a job. I assumed it, but Raheem Morris, what he did in Tampa, especially early, you know, they ended up winning 10 games back then you know, and even now, coaches will tell you, they will tell their teams at the beginning of the year, it's the race to 10 guys. You get to 10 almost almost every time you're in the playoffs, but the odds are with you. He won 10 with Josh Freeman at quarterback. That's when we thought Josh was a young mm-hmm. phenom. And they didn't make the playoffs, and we thought there'd be better days ahead, and there weren't. And various reasons, maybe he wasn't quite ready, maybe this didn't happen, whatever we'll happened with management. But I love the fact that he's getting that second opportunity as many others have before. And I expect him to be very successful in Atlanta. I really do.
4: Given some of the names that are available, how imperative is it going to be to have good starts for coaches? Like, I don't even know if it's necessarily guys who are on the hot seat right now. Even if you, you had a pretty good previous season, if you get off to a bad start <laughs> and there's guys like Vrabel and Belichick hanging around, Pete Carroll yeah. even, I don't know. I'm sure ownership would be tempted to take a, take a little bit of a leap there.
2: Yeah, especially the ones that we expect to be good. I yeah. think the teams that are "quote unquote" building, I think you'll be okay if you have a slow start. Now, I mean, no one's gonna like it, but you'll be all right. But if I'm Dallas, I'd, I'd I'd be I'd be pretty. If I'm Mike McCarthy, yeah, that starters that starters pistol better fire, and <laughs> and you better get out there fast. You better get a get a jump like Jawan Taylor, pass protection <laughs> That's what you better do. Nice.
4: Yeah, that'll be fun to watch on the weekend of course, uh, with the Super Bowl coming up here. Uh, hey, I did want to ask you, we saw some uh, videos, some photos of all the players arriving in Vegas. They're going to be staying at Vegas Lake, yeah. about 45 minutes away from the Strip. Um, is that going to be enough to keep the players away?
2: <laughs> I think so. The ones that care about the game, yes. I think that the lore of the guys sneaking off and running out to party, those days aren't like they were back in the good old days. You heard the story about Super Bowl one, Green Bay, Kansas City, right? And that wasn't even in Vegas, of course, right? Because we're still – it's funny. Someone picked me up last night. I arrived in Las Vegas myself, and they picked me up. We talked about, you know, can you believe Super Bowl's in Las Vegas? I was like, no, I can't believe Super Bowl's in Las Vegas. <laughs> My entire life I was told I would be here when hell froze over. So now I guess I better just go ahead and, you know, get get my pythons and everything else on and start start walking on the ice, right, my crampons, because we're here. You know, the, we were never supposed to have teams here, let alone a Super Bowl here. The Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup here. Gambling was supposed to keep everyone away from this place. So, no. But back in Super Bowl one in Los Angeles, Paul Horning was at the end of his career with Green Bay. Max McGee thought he was at the end of his career. And they were, you know, they were party central, those fellows. They didn't call Paul the golden boy for nothing now, all right? And Max was later a very successful businessman. Do you remember those Mexican restaurant chain Chi-Chi's? Do you remember yes. that at all? I remember that Chi-Chi's. That was Max McGee's. Really? Okay, Max, Max, had, yeah, Max McGee with chi and very, very successful. Anyway, they didn't expect to play in Super Bowl one against Kansas City. Because Paul knew it was over, he was beat up, and Max was like, yeah, I've never been to play. So they snuck out after curfew and came in in time for team breakfast. And they were sitting on the bench, <laughs> taking in the sun in January, and Boyd Dowler, their starting receiver, who came into the game a little dinged, he hurt his shoulder like the first series of the game. And they're sitting on the bench just like sunning themselves and trying to nurse their hangovers. <laughs> and they heard Lombardi scream, McGee! And Max, says, McGee, Max McGee said he swore like he was going to get fined right there on the bench If the old man figured out he had been out the night before. He said, oh, he's God, he's good. And he had to go into the game and go back and check the stats. I think he went like seven catches, over 100 yards, two touchdowns. And probably should have been the MVP of the first Super Bowl instead of Bart Starr. God rest both their souls. But that was one of the famous stories that they were out all night the night before hmm. and did not expect to play. And McGee went in, but but they were notorious for it. McGee was notorious for sneaking out in training camp, and they always told the story in Green Bay about he would sneak out every so many years during camp, and Lombardi would find out because of course he had the whole city wired. They would train at the College St. Norbert's, which was just down the road from Green Bay. And he would find out, and he would fine them. And back then, you know, the fines sound like nothing now, but back then it was big money.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And each time you get fined, Max, that's a $100 fine. You do it again, it's 250 Max, that's 250 You get fined, you do it again, it's 500 Max, now he's like totally losing this balance, like fourth year of it. Max, I'm going to tell you something. You go out again, it's $1,000. Now back to $1,000, guys are making $12,000 a year, Max. Hmm. it'll be a thousand dollars and they said the whole room was just like silent like oh my god then they said Lombardi just went oh hell max if you have something if you find something that's worth a thousand dollars to go out for call me and I'll go with you
1: (laughs) (laughs) Charles Davis NFL analyst for CBS Sports NFL Network courtesy of Tom's of Pizza Big Show Russick and Rose 960, the fan. Um, Charles, a lot of uh, gambling money in Vegas is being put on the San Francisco 49ers. A lot of professional and sharp money.
2: Can you tell me why? I'm guessing there's a revenge factor. I'm guessing that people have watched throughout the season, and for the most part, the feel is that the 49ers – We're we're a little bit more of the juggernaut and the chiefs were more of the struggle, even though here in the playoffs, neither one has been a juggernaut, but the tough and the grit have come through probably more on Kansas city side, even though San Francisco had to grit out the last two wins. Isn't it funny? People have seen Kansas city as as the grittier team and, and San Francisco, the luckier team in the playoffs. You know, more people look like Detroit, Look at Detroit having blown the game than San Francisco won it in the NFC Championship game. People actually look at the, the divisional round against Green Bay in, in a similar vein. With Kansas City, you get much more of a boy. They went in there and took the fight to Baltimore, didn't they? They punched a bully in the mouth, and you just don't see that very often. And Kansas City won it and went scoring 17 points. Also, in Kansas City's a defensive team. So I just feel like people looking at the the weapon the weaponry that, that San Francisco possesses and feel like there's going to be more of an advantage there. It's the only thing I can come up with because the tea leaves are not the same as we would expect right now in how these two teams have played. And it's funny about the, let's just even look at the quarterback position.
5: Mm-hmm. We think
2: Mahomes is the bomber and we think Purdy is the dart thrower. If you take a look at yards per, You know, per pass for the season, Purdy is significantly ahead of Mahomes. They push the ball downfield better in San Francisco than they do in Kansas City, mainly because they know the San Francisco receivers will more likely catch the ball. But give Kansas City receivers credit in the playoffs, they have caught the ball. Hasn't always been pretty. Mm -hmm. How about this catch of Valdez gambling the 32-yarder to end it? Incredible. He didn't exactly go up and snatch it out of the air, did he? No. He he caught it and as he was falling to the ground, he's like, yeah. Oh God, don't let no 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 no. I caught it. So
1: It was like a cat falling out of a tree. He wanted to make sure he caught it. Um <laughs> Charles. Well
2: what... at least the cat the cat at
1: least cat always lands on all yeah, fours. Absolutely. So. Um I wanted to ask you about Brock Purdy. I know that the numbers don't lie. All the, the analytics, the underlying numbers are just incredible for Brock Purdy, had a better statistical season than any other San Francisco 49ers quarterback in the history of the franchise, which is mind-blowing when you have a team with Montana and Steve Young uh, as retired numbers and yeah. Hall of Fame quarterbacks. But is this a case where sometimes, and I know numbers don't lie, but do they in this case... Because when you look at the playmakers he has and the incredible job they do yards after the catch with guys like Diebel and Ayuk and Mm Kittle and and, and Christian McCaffrey, even Juszczyk can make a couple catches if need be. Is this a case for maybe the numbers are lying to us just a little bit?
2: I don't think so for this reason. I don't have it in front of me. I didn't do the study. But I'm willing to lean on the side of the numbers. I'm not going to say similar But career numbers for the quarterbacks that played with these guys before him were better with those guys. These guys create it, and Kyle Shanahan creates it in his offensive scheme. Yards after the catch are built into the offense. I've had that baked into me for years and years and years, coming from college football with the air raid offense and Mike Leach and all that crew. They would always say, look, you don't see it. But it is baked in there. We expect yards after the catch because we expect them to catch the ball with some distance between them and the defender. We expect them to be schemed open, and then their athletic ability takes it from there. The air raid was much more of a scheming things open because when you go back over the air raid offense that Texas Tech put out with Leach, their quarterbacks didn't play in the NFL. Their receivers weren't great receivers save for Michael Crabtree. You know what I mean? It's that sort of a thing. If you go back and trace it, you go, yeah, there weren't that many guys that had that kind of an impact. Now, this is different with this crew. So, yes, I think if Montana played with this crew, if, if Young played with this crew, their numbers would jump as well, especially with this scheme, because it was it's different than what Bill Walsh did. I'm not saying better because Bill Walsh one of the all-time great ones, but just the way the games played nowadays. So, no, I don't think the numbers are lying. I think it's part of what they do. As part of Purdy making really good decisions and really good throws and putting it in the right place. And, you know, I talk about this all the time. Being accurate doesn't mean just you throw it to the person that catches the ball and it counts as a completion. Accurate is, was it on the proper shoulder? Was it a situation to keep him on his feet and keep him running because he's running away from, you know, man to man? Did he stop in the middle of zone and you stopped him before the safety knocked his head off coming across the middle? That's an accurate throw. You throw it low to keep it away from the defense. The only where he catches it now, you don't get yards after catch. But that's a more accurate throw than put it in the air and he gets smashed. Those sorts of things. And that's what Purdy does. So, no, I don't think so. I mean, I know I know what it is. I still say what it is. He's picked number 262, and it's hard to get the full credit. And I'm not saying you're saying. I'm just saying that's how mm-hmm. the world perceives him still. He's still got to get through each time it seems like he passes a hurdle. We throw another one out there for him to jump. Well, he's been a front-runner. All they do is put up big numbers, and he just operates behind that crew. Well, the last two games, he's had to help bring them from behind. Defense hasn't been terrific. I mean, defense has talked about their lack of effort in the last game. Did we make a big move for Chase Young? And has that turned out to be a lousy move? What has he given us? Randy Gregory, to zero surprise for me. Like Randy Gregory's never one of those players where people just keep jumping out there. Oh, my God, he's got talent. He's got this. So he gives you nothing.
3: Hmm.
2: Okay, You guys keep jumping out there on the talent. He gives you nothing, and he rarely plays. This is the most he's played in the last X number of years. And you go back and watch the tape and tell me what Randy Gregory's done. The answer is almost nothing. So there's no way he's in San Francisco next year. Chase Young will be interesting because the talent is there. He's still young. But the pressure hasn't been there lately, and the run game has definitely not been there, which begs the question, Detroit, why'd you only run it eight times in the second half?
1: Yeah, exactly. They, they had that game, Charles. They had that game won.
2: Does anybody yeah, have more? They had, that game, they, had that game, they had that game in a figure four. They had it in a couple Yep. clutch. Yep. Since, since, the move, since the movie Iron Claws out, they had the Iron Claw on them. Mm-hmm. You know, they, it was done. Like, it was done. They, they, they had lifted his arm twice and had fallen twice, but somehow they lifted it the third time in San Francisco. The arm stayed up, and then they got into it, and the crowd came into it, and they came back and won. See, I can do wrestling scripts, too.
1: I love it. Um, does our perception of Kyle Shanahan change if he loses this game on Sunday?
2: I don't know that the perception changes. In fact, the worst part is it probably cements more. It cements. Because mm. what is the perception? Can't win the big one. I just read it. Yeah, and I just actually read it in a local article. It's on the plane coming here trying to, to act like I was studying, doing the false, <laughs> you know, most time it's false hustle. But in this case, I actually was hustle. So I'm reading an article by a local beat writer. I'm not going to name him. You know, it's out there. And I'm not, you know, pointing anything. He covers it more than I do. But well, boy, he brought it out there, and I was like, "Wow, well, I haven't seen this in a while. And it talked about the perception of, and I'm not saying, and I don't think in the article, if I remember correctly, he wasn't saying that Kyle was, but he was hitting the perception that here comes a big ball game, and he's talking about the NFC Championship game. Will Kyle Shanahan tighten up as he normally does? Go conservative, because Kyle Shanahan is risk-averse in these bigger ball games. And at the time, the contrast was Dan Campbell is wide open and turns it loose in these big ball games. Isn't that funny? That was the article written (laughs) before the NFC championship game. So, yeah, I think that if somehow they lose this one, which they can, we know that, then again, it comes down to, God, hasn't won the big one yet. How has he not won the big one yet? And then, you know, that that reputation continues to take hold. And he's a very self-aware man. He knows it. And he's, he's, he's jonesing to get this one done
4: wanted to ask you about a couple of matchups in the game in particular and and maybe a follow up after but uh Chris Jones and his squad against Trent Williams and his squad where do you lean as far as uh what we'll see between those two
2: I lean towards Chris Jones trying to find where the matchup is that works best for him it won't be Chris Jones rushing against Trent Williams yeah Chris Jones is a, a lot smarter than that.
3: Okay, <laughs>
2: <laughs> again and again in my in my reading, you know you know what they said the last sack that that Trent Williams gave up was in two thousand twenty two. <laughs> that's
3: okay. Okay, that's fine.
2: So, so we're just gonna we're just gonna <laughs> let that bad. one ride. Okay, yeah. Mike Martz, the Mike Martz former coach of the Rams, talked about they were preparing for for ball games and when they present the plan with the pass protection plan he said orlando pace would just be glaring at him daring him to say that we need to help on on his side <laughs> <laughs> there better not be any help over here because there's none needed that's kind of where the 49ers are with Trent williams just let that go so wherever they're coming from it's going to be elsewhere and that'll be the interesting part about what game spags does because it's really not chris jones in his front It's chris jones his front and friends, mm-hmm. because that's how Spags is going to get the pressure. It's going to come from the second level, the third level, and try and create the schemes and scheme people open that way.
4: How about Fred Warner against Travis Kelsey? I doubt he goes 11 for 11 and over 100 yards in this matchup again.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the fun part, isn't it? But I think that it's going to be a little bit more of not just Fred Warner, but Amador Lenore, who's the nickelback who's played really well in the slot, how much more can he do? How much do you trust the back end with Jair Brown, the rookie? Because I think they need to play him at safety rather than play Logan Ryan, who they signed off the cruise ship with his family. Okay, and he came and had to play. And they played him a lot in the divisional round, and he was very up and down, a lot more down than up, a lot of missed tackles, missed plays, the whole deal. But again, remember, he's, he's a late signee veteran guy trying to get adjusted. I just think Jair Brown at this stage is a much better option, but they were worried about him coming off of injury and being a rookie. I don't think they'll worry about that for this game. He, he's he got his feet under him now. So they'll, they'll run a plethora of guys at him. What's always stunned me is how few times you see people on the line of scrimmage really trying to get physical with Travis Kelsey and keep him from getting into his routes easily. Okay, I mean this is painful for the for the, the the Bills fans, but go back to the 13 second game. Oh boy! If you go back and turn on that tape, he got off the line of scrimmage every time in those in that little play sequence, and then go to overtime. Okay, because in overtime, he fl- he splits out. Matt Milano ends up covering him. There's no physicality in the line of scrimmage, and he beats Milano to the corner of the end zone. Duh. Of course he is, and Milano's an all-pro. But who are you taking in that matchup? That's like when Gronk split out wide in the Super Bowl with K.J. Wright of Seattle, and all of a sudden Gronk was on the backside of the formation, but he was the wide guy, and now Gronk becomes a receiver, a true receiver, and K.J. Wright's now a corner? And he beat him to the end zone right before the half and helped, change, helped turn around that ball game. Mm-hmm. Matchups make the, make the fight as always. Matchups make the game, and you got to be careful about where you're putting them and who and who you're dealing with. I just have never understood the the lack of physicality with Travis off the line of scrimmage. Now it's harder when he splits and flexes. I get that, but when he lines up in line or really close, I've got to do something to make him take extra time in his route. And people don't tend to do that for whatever reason.
1: Charles, it's the biggest layup in all of sports radio, but um, I'm going to ask in any anyway. Who wins on Sunday
2: and why? Whew, I've been, it's funny, I get asked that on the plane and I did my normal absolute defer, but you're my guy, so I can't defer. <laughs>
3: I'm calling, the, I'm
2: calling, I, I, could, I could go total coward here. I'm calling the game for the world broadcast, but I don't think anybody's too worried about that. Okay, I don't think I don't think the people in in Bora Bora say, hey, he said that such and such would win before the game. He's biased. Um, I'm leaning Kansas City. I really am. I'm leaning Kansas City. I just think the grit, the toughness down the stretch, the way Mahomes has played the quarterback position and the Kansas City defense. I mean, think about this. The last 45 minutes of game against Baltimore, they gave up three points. Why is Spags not weird. getting another Great.
1: chance at a job, Charles?
2: It's because he got laid into the derby. You know what I mean? <laughs> a lot of these derbies have to be built up. You know, everybody knows about Spags. Everybody loves Spags. It didn't go well with the, with the Rams, and people haven't thought about him in a long time. We talked about this a few weeks ago in this hiring cycle. That remember when we said, you know, every time you look at the hiring cycle and you look at the names being interviewed, it's the same names this year. Mm-hmm. And how many times did you look at it and go, but what happened to this guy who was a hot guy last year? What about this guy? What about this guy? We were were seeing those names. So Spags went totally off the radar in terms of being a head coach, and he hasn't exactly jumped out there to openly campaign to be a head coach again, but he has mentioned it a little bit more about the last year. Yeah, I'd love the opportunity, but I'm contending if I don't. This year, what Kansas City did on defense has set him up for if he wants to start the true campaign for next year, and do it again, he might have that opportunity again. But also, as you all know, these hiring cycles sometimes just go. Well, we gotta have an offensive guy, gotta have an offensive guy, you know, and that makes it harder too. But I think that if he, if Kansas City plays defense this way again next year, he could be that commodity. And there's also the old well, if Andy leaves, mm-hmm. that could be Spags taking over right there. That'd be the natural move. All right,
0: I'm leaving. I, I don't
2: expect Andy to leave, though. I don't expect yeah. Andy to leave, though. to Be Me honest neither. with
0: you, I uh, I don't I'm
2: see not- that. I, I hear, I keep hearing that rumor, and I'm like, I don't think so. I don't think Andy's the type that wants to not coach. You know, that's just how it is. You know, when they beat Buffalo in Buff uh, beat Buffalo in the playoffs, and they flew home because you know it's a night game, and the whole district, so you get home super late. Yeah, everyone scattered to go home get some sleep. You know where Andy went? Mm. straight to the office. Does that sound like a guy who's close to retirement to you? No.
1: What about Kelsey, though? I don't though? think so. You think he might hang up if they win?
2: No, I okay. don't. I think he's enjoying it. I think this is, you know, he is, whatever term you want, he is living his best life, <laughs> and he is having a ball. And these last two games, that's the Travis Kelsey we're used to seeing. You know? he, he Miami game... <clears throat> It's like he was fighting it, but these last two games, he's got his bounce back. His, his confidence is high. He's catching everything. And how cool is it when, when you're getting asked, <clears throat> are you going to go to the Grammys? You know, your, your girlfriend's going to win <laughs> a lot of the grand. Can you go to the Grammys? And when your answer is, I really can't. Cause I got to go get ready for the Super Bowl," right. I don't think he's retiring though. No. Yeah.
1: Um, Charles Davis, NFL analyst, CBS sports and NFL network. Charles always terrific stuff. We'll talk to you next week when we know who won the Super Bowl. And we'll break it down.
2: That, that, sound, that sounds good to me. And next time, guys, call Connor McDavid, okay, with Edmonton. Yep. And ask him, ask him, can I sit with the commissioner and design a skills challenge and then win it myself and win the million dollars? <laughs> Did you Not guys bad. see that story? That's a great story. A little
4: weird. Hang on. He asked
2: him how to help. How do we make the skills challenge better? And he gave them all these ideas. They implemented them. And then he won the challenge in a million bucks. Not bad. Well played, sir. Well Not bad. Played.
1: Charles, enjoy the Super Bowl. Be we'll talk, talk to you later, Charles.
2: All right. Be good, guys. Great talking with you. There he
1: is. Charles Davis, courtesy of Tom's helps of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. I always feel smarter after talking to Charles. Mm.
4: Last week, he asked us to come up with a line name for Kelsey ah. Mahomes and Pacheco. I actually thought about this multiple times since our last chat. And then you totally forgot about it? No, I just can't come up with anything. I tried oh. doing, I tried putting the first letter of their names together and doing some sort of a, something with that, and trying to go by what they look like and if they resembled any, any popular group I knew. Mm. Crickets. Not a zilch.
1: Yeah, I totally forgot about that.
4: Tough one. Pacheco, Kelsey, and Mahomes? I
1: don't know. You figure it out. Not bad. Um, Charles will be joining <laughs> us Monday... Um we'll break down the Super Bowl. Yeah, we will. Not bad. Can you
4: believe that the chats are just about done with old C D and RT? That's yeah. too bad. That makes me sad. But it makes Patty sad. It was a nice little easy on Mondays and Thursdays. Oh yeah, it was nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. But um again, uh we'll we'll check in with them throughout the season when stuff happens. But uh, Charles is definitely one of our favorites. Uh, I think we I think we should double up football on Monday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Double up football because we, we got Cron in for the weekend, but mm-hmm. it is the Super Bowl,
0: mm-hmm. so we should probably double. up. We'll have to figure out everybody's schedules. I don't. Know, I don't know. I'm assuming CD is going to be at the game. Maybe he's not, but I know mm-hmm. Ross. No, he
1: just said he's calling it for the world. Oh, Podcast. Well, there you go.
0: He's on the he's on Westwood, or the international feed. So yeah, there the you, you go. Team. So. uh yeah, we'll have to figure out their Monday schedules. Yeah, or we might have to talk to them Tuesday. Might have to do
1: Tuesday. That's fine. Um, But uh, Super Bowl, and uh, I think we'll reach out to Todd Furman this week, talk some props mm-hmm. before things get out of hand in the prop market. Um, Patrick and I already want to know on our big bets, uh, brought to you by Sports Select. Prove your sports IQ and claim the title with Sports Select. Pools, make your picks. Sports com. must be eighteen plus. Please play responsibly. We said that. Taylor Swift will not win song of the year and a Travis Kelsey touchdown. No, up. she did not. Maddie went the other way. Yes. So he's already zero and one on the week.
3: Hmm.
4: Oh, on the props. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were talking about lock of the day. Yeah. 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 Fair No. No, no. No.
1: We're doing and we're doing more uh, props on the player props uh-huh. in the game yeah. coming up this week. Without a mm-hmm. doubt. Yes. One hundred percent. Well, the Spoiler, game. Enough. I'm taking the Chiefs. Five player props. <laughs> I'm taking Chiefs. I'm taking the under Chiefs. <laughs> And again, we all have Chiefs fatigue. I know it's real. It's it's we all feel it. Uh-huh. It's like when the Patriots made it to the Super Bowl every year. But again, I think they beat the Niners on Sunday. I really do.
0: Yeah, it's it's. And
1: I want to ask Todd Furman when he's on I, too. Why yeah. is all this sharp and professional money on the Niners? And the Niners went up again. It went, not, it, went, yeah, it went up to two.
4: It's not. It hasn't been as. I don't know. Oh, on the Niners, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the Niners, there's a lot coming in on the Niners. That's too, what I so.
0: mean. I think it's fatigue. I, I think a lot of people are just they want to see the well, Chiefs fail. But, but, but no, but this is the professional money. Like
4: yeah. a, the, a lot of the the big the bets, quote, the hundred thousands, the two hundred thousand dollar bet on I, one w- thing. I really worry stuff.
0: I, it, injuries. I'm worried about that left guard spot for the Chiefs. Joe Tooney being out. I really worry about that. I know uh, the backup filled in well in the championship game, but I'm worried about uh, that Niners pass rush. It, it needs to get going. Chase Young has been a kind of a disappointment. Since getting to San Francisco, mm-hmm. yeah, but he also only has has to have one good game. Exactly, you only need to have one game and the, one the, big sack, one big sack. play, and, and Holmes right? was just like he was just sacked for the first time all post like his entire postseason career last week. So it's amazing how how uh, keeping him upright, you get him down. That's how you beat the Chiefs. I also don't like that offensive line for the Chiefs, especially on the outside of their tackle positions. Jawan Taylor's a a cheater holder. <laughs> Most penalty calls in the last two years. Yeah, he lines up like a yard and a half off the line. Ridiculous. Can't uh, think of a more annoying Super Bowl in a long time. Let's <laughs> say that. Why is it annoying? I don't know. Just do the, the whole grand scheme of things. The Niners are back here, and it's like, eh. And then obviously with the Chiefs, everybody's kind of uh, sick of what, what the Chiefs uh, off the field and on the field here. Thank I you. get it. You get the best two teams, but I don't know. I think we're kind of all kind of done with the Chiefs. And this is the second time they've met in four years in yeah, the Super Bowl.
1: That's all right. Uh, it's still the Super Bowl, and we'll be watching the, quote, big game. Straight ahead, uh, we haven't heard these. Uh, I don't even remember what my sensible take was, but we gave sensible flames takes way back when in October, and we said, hey, let's revisit these around the All-Star break. We're going to do that next. Yep. It's a big show and our lock of the day. Mm-hmm. Lots to do before we say goodbye. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
2: I think he's
1: enjoying. It's a big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. We'll wrap up the program with our log of the day, brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary. But right now, we did it with the chronolist, Big Show Flames analyst, Mister Brent Cron. Some sensible Flames takes for the remainder of the season. The Flames kick off the unofficial second half of the season tomorrow night in Boston against the Bruins. And way back in October before the season, we gave our sensible takes. Now it's time to revisit said takes. And now I'm a little nervous uh-huh. cuz I don't know I don't remember I honestly don't remember what they were. I know they were sensible at the time. They weren't hot, they were sensible. Mhm. So Let's you ready to open this, this this time t- capsule, this tickle trunk. Yep, of
4: sensible flames takes. Yeah, we've uh, cleared the wreckage and have found a yeah. time
1: capsule. See what it says from the start of the year. Let's open up the stank that could be Ooh. these sensible flames takes. Uh, let's start with mine. Mm-hmm. All right, GVP. Let's start with uh, I had two. We each had two. Right. We each had two. Correct. Okay, so let's start with one of my sensible flames take from October. Mm-hmm. Hit me. Rasmus Anderson will best his total of one power play goal from last season in 23-24. Rasmus Anderson will score more than one power play goal this season for the Calgary Flames. Mm. With a sensible Flames take comes a sensible quote. Can you turn down the music just a to oh, touch good.
5: there? I forgot TV? about oh, these. Good. The bamboo that bends is stronger than the oak that resists.
3: Oh,
1: oh yeah, I remember uh, those. For, yeah, those were good. Uh he has zero power play goals. Whoa. He has a shorty. He does. He's yes. got three
4: game winners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no power play goals. Seven bingos, no power play goals. Okay. Well, you're
0: banking on the power play being a little bit better than thirteen point eight percent.
4: Well, again, <laughs> there's still time. And he got taken off the first unit for oh, a while yes. there. I
1: forgot about the sensible quotes I did with this.
4: Yeah. <laughs> there's still forgot time. Yeah. It's only two goals that he needs, so it could be
1: done. Oh, I should have did that again today. I totally forgot about these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really did. I really fumbled the football on this one. Listen, I haven't had a great show myself, so I'm not going to. No, I'm not saying I haven't had a good show. I'm just saying I fumbled it in that segment. I think I've been okay today.
4: No, I, I'm saying I have not been. That's fine. <laughs> I, thought we thought can't the road, I thought the road report was adequate. Yeah, you know what? Everything's been at mid. Yeah. We'll go, it's been mid. Okay, okay that's fine. Yeah, for a
1: show that has very low bar to begin with, yeah. it's passing grade. Okay. A nice C+. Okay. Uh, what's my second Sensible Flames take? Uh, Walker Dewar scored seven goals in 27 games last season.
3: (laughs) Walker Dewar?
1: I think Walker Dewar will surpass his total of seven goals this season. Oh, boy.
5: Do not wait to strike till the iron is hot, but make it hot by striking. (laughs) That's a
1: great sensible (laughs) quote.
0: (laughs) He's got one goal.
1: Yeah, that one doesn't look good. He's played in 20 games. That one doesn't look good for me. It'll be tough for him to get into twenty games the rest of the way. Yeah, and score six more goals, Extremely. seven more goals. Extremely. That's he, maybe that, the AHL. No, it has to be for uh, the Flames.
4: I know, but I'm just saying he could. That's tough. Yeah, it has okay. not been the year that maybe we thought it would be for. One so there's an odor there. to that one. That one, that one's a little it's more stinky. stanky than the okay. the old. There's Rasmus a lot of standing. stink. You thought <laughs> <attached laughs> that one, yeah, and and like looking back, those are pretty reasonable. That's what we were doing. Yeah. Well, on Lucci scored 10 goals with this team recently. Like You're like, hey, fourth (laughs) line, you can get more than seven? No problem. All right. uh, Let's visit Matty Rose's sensible takes. I think Chris Tanev going to lead the flames in shorthanded time on ice this year.
1: Oh. Oh. Chris Tanev going to lead the flames in shorthanded time
5: (laughs) this season. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Never give it.
3: <laughs>
5: I forgot how good those were. Do you have that number Where do we have the stats for sure yeah, short- He leads okay. the
4: Flames in penalty kill time, 122 minutes and 14 seconds. That's five and a half minutes more than Elias Lindholm, and uh, he's averaging 239 on the PK per game.
0: Okay. But he could be traded, and he might not lead the team. That's true.
4: That, oh. That could, that's very much a possibility that I probably should have thought it when I made the the play, but he could still end as the average yeah. leader in shorthanded right. time on ice per game. Yeah. Uh, 239 is going to be very hard to beat, seeing as, you know, that's 16 seconds ahead of Elias Lindholm, who no longer oh, plays on the team either. That mm-hmm. helps. Um, He is eight minutes ahead of Michael Backlund, so even if he does get traded, there's a possibility, but then again, Backlund could skate eight minutes shorthanded in. A night So Okay mm. Not, Not bad. bad Not bad no, 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 Pretty right. sensible Yes yeah, it's, it's very sensible Okay And it's so far good Yeah okay. let's go Number two Mackenzie Wager Last season Last 15 games 11 points It's like 0. .75 Point per game It's pretty damn impressive Yep This year Maybe a little less Half point per game Mackenzie Wager All season Ends the season With
1: 41 points Alright At least Killer. I think it. that's sensible
5: we must overcome the notion that we must be regular. It robs you of the chance to be extraordinary and leads you to the mediocre.
1: Oh, that's, that's a good attempt. one, too, He's on
4: pace
0: man. for 49. Look at you.
4: Bingo, bingo, boingo! 29 points in 49 games so far, so that is a pace that is well over a half point per game. Uh, yeah, he's had another strong season. Like we talked about, 12 bingos on the year, which is a career high. He's been really good so far, and he's part of my sensible flame stakes for the end of the season as well. We did it back
1: at 7.30. It's pretty good. Thank Much you, thank better you. than my Mackenzie Weger. <laughs> Sorry, my Walker Dewar. Ah, yes. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Patrick. Patty, do, do you remember what your no, sensible ones were?
0: Not a, All right, not let's hear example. one. Uh, Andrew Maggiapani, Ooh, he is not a 9% shooter. Yes, he is. He well, gets back to his career shooting percentage of 15% and hits 30 goals this year.
5: Death is not the greatest loss in life. The greatest loss... Is what dies inside us while we live. Oh, no. yeah. Well, wow.
0: well, he's shooting at eleven point seven percent, and uh, he's got uh, nine goals. Nine goals on pace for uh, fifteen. So okay. yeah, no, that won't be thirty. He's about midway between
1: what? nine and fifteen percent. He could get red hot and score twenty one goals <laughs> the rest of the season. Sure, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that could happen. Yeah. Flames could Somebody's win. Their got
3: score on this teams. Flames
1: could win their division. Well,
0: now you're getting crazy. Now
4: now you're getting silly. Yeah, those are definitely
0: complete opposites. All right, take number two. The Calgary Flames will finish as the first wild card in the Western Conference and face the Edmonton Oilers in round one. Ooh. I
5: think that's very sensible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, boy. A happy person is not a person in a certain set of circumstances, but rather... A person with a certain set of attitudes.
0: Mm. Well, wow. they are uh, seven back of the first wild card. Uh, that, that's uh, a hard probably on that one. probably not going to make the playoffs this season.
4: <laughs> and the Oilers are twelve points back of the division lead, which would also they would have to win the division, but also, also have four lose the hand. Western Conference to yeah. yeah. But it's 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 twelve points. I know, but it's
0: Vancouver. I know. I, I'm not giving Vancouver the division just yet. Just yet.
1: Okay. Fair enough. All right.
0: You know how I feel about the Canucks and Jets in the
1: playoffs. Um, what
4: about the Oilers? But my mm-hmm. my but the other thing that has to happen here is the Avalanche would have to pass whoever wins the Pacific. Yes, that's right. Before
1: the yeah. Flames to so there's a lot of things that you need to happen for that one to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. The Oilers will go further than both the Jets and the Canucks in the playoffs. There's a take for you.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, they can all no. win around. They, yeah. if they all, Right now, they're avoiding one another. They Wouldn't that be crazy? Around. Yes. If three
1: Canadian teams advance? Maybe four of the Flay... Oh, no, that's no, not going to work, though. Leash well, no. Be the at, team. at one point, you would have to have a couple of them face <laughs> yeah. each other in the It'd first be Canadian <laughs> round. it Canadian team violence, and you don't want that. GVP. what do we got for The yours? only place you want that is in the Stanley Cup final, because that means that they're going
4: to win one. Right. Mm-hmm. If that's how you truly feel. Mm-hmm. I always get into this debate with my grandparents around the time of the playoffs, they're like, well, you got to cheer for the Canadian team. And I'm like, no. how about I cheer for the team that has the most
1: Canadians on it? How about that? Mm-hmm. No. Because, see, people don't care about that because hockey's regional. Flames fans don't want to see the Canucks win the Cup. Yeah, that's another big point. Yeah, yeah. They, that's, they don't care that it's the Canadian team.
3: No, no, not
1: at yeah, all. Yeah, because you don't want to see those other teams doing well. Nope. What, Flames fans want to see the Oilers win the Cup because it's a Canadian team? <laughs> Hard pass. Hell to the no. Yeah. What do we got, GVP? Uh-huh. Do you have a Sensible Flames take for
6: us? Yes. Yeah, so I got another one on a uh, friend of the show, Chris Tanev. I believe friend Chris Tanev show. will be uh, a plus 10 or better in plus minus this year. Ooh, not incredible.
5: bad. Love doesn't make the world go yeah. round. Wait. Love is what makes the ride worthwhile. <laughs> yes. He's <laughs> plus seven right now. It's doing all right. It's not not pretty bad. Pretty good, right. GVP. Not bad.
1: Not
0: bad. Okay.
1: I How many think players I think you're are, are generous on that on that ding, but that there looks are on the right track. Three players that
0: are plus uh ten or up. That's Hannafin, Zari, and Coleman. Coleman plus twenty two. Yeah. Ooh. Plus, minus doesn't matter though. Zari's fourteen and Hannafin ten. It's
4: a dated stat, but plus twenty two certainly tells you something. Th- that's what I mean.
0: It's
1: not the best stat, but <laughs> Like when it tells big them, you, you just big you just have tell to. You a lot. Yeah, yeah, you have to yeah, apply like, a little bit of logic. Yeah. Huberto's with it. minus fifteen. I'm like, that's not good.
3: That yeah, no, sense. that's bad. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> le- that's <laughs> t worse. It's <That's laughs>
1: not Jared. which we don't talk about, minus fourteen. Not good. Yeah, he was, but he's also glued to Huberto, and he well, he was terrible out of the
4: gate. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was on. He was like Matt Coronado. Like you blink, the season started, and Coronado
6: was dash nine. You're like, yeah. what the
4: what the hell happened? happened?
6: All right, one more sensible flames take. Uh, the Calgary Flames will have a uh, top 15 power play, and that Smart. will lead them to the playoff.
5: Ooh, I think that's sensible. You are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. Oh, yeah.
1: No. Yeah. Another one. Uh, come on. Eh, Maybe barf. a couple more. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, 13.8%.
1: Yeah. So they're
4: 29th. They yeah. got to get really hot
0: here, GVP. Really hot. <laughs>
4: uh, they need to
1: improve by 8%. Yeah. I think if they work at a 70% clip here, the
3: rest <laughs> of the
0: even season. I don't know if McDavid like and Drysaddle get would get them above that clip with yeah. the amount of runway they've got. Um, <laughs> McDavid,
1: Drysidle, and Tim Kerr. <laughs>
3: <laughs> this isn't like, really t- Tim Kerr <laughs> This isn't really relevant To the conversation Plus minus King I don't But know. just uh, think,
1: Look at the year He scored power play goals For the Flyers In the mid 80s
4: So I, I mentioned During the morning report The Hitmen beat the Oil Kings 8-1 to Yeah, They have beat them All six games They've played in the season series the Hitman power play is 24, or uh, pardon me, uh, 14 for 28 in the season Jeez. series. Is that good? 50%. <laughs> is that good? Yeah. <laughs> hey,
1: Edmonton, don't take penalties against the Hitman. Yeah, no.
4: <laughs> that team has allowed 60 goals on their penalty kill. 25% of them have been Hitmen.
0: Hey, Hitman. You win a Memorial Cup in Edmonton, and then it's like,
4: Yeah, and then you go through this, and the Hitmen are just getting a little bit of redemption. They also beat them 10-2 earlier this year. Yeah, uh, Tim Kerr holds the
1: NHL record for power play goals in a season, 34.
3: 34. Jesus.
4: (laughs) Yeah, Didn't
1: Chris Kreider do that like two years ago, though?
0: Oh, he was close. When he, he was... had that 50-goal year? I think yeah. Almost I mean, half of his He is a power play were. merchant. But... He
1: also, how many empty netters he got? I thought he got a few empty netters in there, too. Well, which is nothing a... wrong with an empty net goal.
4: No, no, no. Uh, let me see here. That yeah. means you're on the ice. Yeah, he had trust you. 35 power play points, 26 power play goals,
6: and 21, yeah, 22. Like, and Can we just try and discredit that? It's like 50-goal season. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's 50 goals, no matter where you slice it. I'm not <laughs> trying to discredit it. I'm just saying. it's like How many deflections were those two? Well, but. also, those deflections are preposterous that yeah, he I does. Know, know.
4: We've seen them this year. It's ridiculous, disgusting. He's like four feet away from mm-hmm. the net. It ends up under the
1: bar. All right, so this is what we'll do when the season's over. We'll replay these ones. Mm-hmm. We'll do the ones we did today, and we'll revisit everything at the end of the year. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the ones we gave today are a little more accurate than the ones we gave in October. Because we've there's a lot bigger sample size. What we watched. All right, one thing left to do, and it's time for our lock of the day brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes cut to any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal located on 50th Avenue Southeast. I'm I'm gonna get away from the footy picks today. Oh, yeah, and I'm gonna do something that's been biting me in the ass the whole time, but I'm gonna do it anyway. No bungle liga for you, Bundesliga. whatever. I'm going to take six and a half goals. It's even money. Under between the Islanders and the Leafs tonight. Oh, a little under total for you. Samsonov going to get the start for the Leafs. Maybe some all-star game hangover. Samsonov's been good his last couple starts for the Leafs. Sorokin expected to play for the Islanders, yet not confirmed. Patrick Waugh has his team playing a little better defensively. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair tonight in Toronto. Give me the under six and a half. Colorado
4: Avalanche are on the road. They were red hot going into the break. Nathan McKinnon had an outstanding all-star break, and yet somehow the Avalanche are underdogs on the road at MSG against the New York Rangers. I'm just going to take the Avalanche on the money line straight up. It's not paying even money, but it's close. Patrick?
0: Uh, we'll go to the Premier League. Uh, Manchester City taking on Brentford today. I, I like- said no Bungle League. Premier, I'm okay with. I like uh, Erling Holland go three-plus shots on target. Early. Okay.
1: My guy. Erling Holland. Hall dog. Yep. <laughs> he's er- not happy
0: in Man City. No, I heard that.
1: And by the way, big news, uh, international news Kylian Mbappe going to go to Real Madrid. Sounds, next. Like, wow. he's, sounds like he's pre-H. He's going to leave PSG in that joke League One. Mm. League One? And he's actually going to go play in a decent league,
0: La Liga. La Liga. Which is a boring league, by the way.
1: Like three teams.
0: I, I don't know. La Liga has been pretty fun this year. I've, been, I've been enjoyed it. Uh, Jero- or, uh, Genoa, or. Girona is leading yeah. it right I now. I enjoyed yeah. watch I enjoyed Naples when I was in Italy. They yeah.
4: they enjoyed well, Napoli. Napoli.
1: Won, they won the Scudetto last year. That's what I mean. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, not that's not why, so good that's why I enjoyed it. The Scudetto. All right, what do you got GVP?
6: Uh, I'm going to do some more basketball here. Uh Clippers taking on the Atlanta Hawks. Clippers have won 25 oh. out of their last 30 games. <laughs> oh, Hawks are below back. 500 on uh, uh, at home. I'm going to take the Clippers to cover the 3 on the spread. Ah! Block of the
1: day brought to you by Metal Supermarkets Calgary, offering a large variety of metal types and shapes, cuts any size and ready fast. Metal Supermarkets Calgary, the convenience store for metal, located on 50th Avenue Southeast. What do you got coming up in Mucho Big Show?
0: Well, GVP and I are going to little talk about uh, maybe who will be on Team Canada next year at the Oh, uh, the oh that's fun! So, yeah, lots. Uh, I know the the panel had their little teams there on on the Sat on Friday night, so be a little fun. All right. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon,
1: wherever you get your favorite podcast. Uh, enjoy one more night with Old Flames hockey. I promise I'm gonna write my front page stories this afternoon oh, and I'll present those tomorrow. <laughs> All right, we'll do it tomorrow. <laughs>
3: it's
1: okay. All right, have a terrific Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.
3: Sit, Ubu. Sit. Good dog.